So I had COVID when we were supposed to be recording this episode. And um, admittedly, part of the reason I'm telling this story is so I can have an excuse to drop that excuse for us being late. But I had to shave most of my beard off as a result because I didn't want my wife to get it. So I got one of those N95 masks. Mm-hmm. And this is, no one has seen my beard in me. I don't think you have ever seen me without my beard before. Yeah, no, not before in person. <laughs> just, just like pictures. Um, and the, the two things I learned from this. One, because all I have is the mustache. And it's like slowly coming back. But there has been an even 50% split between people being like, yeah, that looks pretty good. And just laughing uncontrollably. Dude. <laughs> and I don't know how to handle this like even split of the information. <laughs> Legit, at this point, since you already rock, like, the round sunglasses, I would just leave it off and keep rocking the Tom Hardy and Bronson. I I now know who Bronson is thanks to having done this. There's a picture of me with the glasses because (laughs) of that. Um, And then the other thing. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Hi, Yui. Uh, Hi. The number of people that were like, oh, my God, you're such a good husband. That's so sweet. That is the lowest possible bar. (laughs) Please don't get the plague is the most depressing standard for being a good husband we gotta do better (laughs) but completely unrelated to anything else we're going to talk about today welcome to general nerdery we're your generals of nerdery i'm zach i'm tyler that's yui who you heard briefly already yui yui's back which if you listened last week you already knew because we have way more adventure time to get through Yui's gonna be back quite a bit which is great because they're my favorite but uh yeah (laughs) this week we're on to part two of four of adventure time and i already have people asking me if we're going to do more and i'm like we will but it's gonna (laughs) we're gonna wait a while (laughs) yeah not now later but before we get to that, what have we been ingesting? Uh, all right, I'll start this off. Last time, had I started Children of Dune? You had done Dune uh, Messiah. You hadn't started Children yet. Okay, well, I finished Children and God Emperor. Yeah, this is what happened. Oh, wow, I didn't know you got through God Emperor. This is what happens when we go a month in between. Uh, yeah, I finished God Emperor like... Four hours ago. Oh, Jesus. So, what did you think of the weirdest book in the Dune trilogy? I mean, Dune I... Quad, Dune Septil? I, I mean, it's the weirdest, but it's also not. Like, the first Dune is a fever dream that kind of coalesces into a story. At least all the sequels are actually stories. Yeah, Dune... The first Dune, in some ways, is like the most straightforward story but in the weirdest depiction, God Emperor is the weirdest story, but told in like the most weirdly straightforward way. Like, it's pretty plain and just like laid out for you. It's just fucking this, wild. This man is half a worm and has been alive for 10,000 years. And that woman had an orgasm watching someone climb a wall. And you're like, all, of this, wild. Is, all of this is completely straightforward and makes perfect sense. Well, I just tuned out for like an second to like drink some water and I tuned in at the wrong time. Man, I've read God Emperor of Dune and I still only can sort of explain the sentence I just said there. Yeah, no, uh, that it, it does make uh, Momoa the per- perfect choice for Duncan Idaho, though. Yeah, really. Because like, I think most people would like to watch him climb things. That's fair. Especially like a 900 meter cliff. What the fuck, Duncan? Yeah, that's fair. Also, wow. Yeah, I've, I haven't read that book in like 10 years, so I forgot that it's a 900 that big meter of a cliff. cliff. Yeah. 
so we can set bombs or something. Um, no, I really, I really enjoyed them. Honestly, I think children might be my favorite. Oh, so we are exact polar opposites. Children had the best mix of both the weirdness and like uh, fantastical political intrigue for me. I think my problem with children is there's not a single character in it I actually like. Okay, no, that's fair. I mean, I guess Paul's daughter, Ganhima or something like that. Ganima. Uh, Ganima, yeah. thank you. But like Gani. Gani's also kind of a sad sack the whole time too, so No, I guess that's fair. There's <laughs> not too many people that are likable at all in that one. Mmm. Kinda Duncan. Oh, I mean Duncan always. Which is why Jason Momoa. Um, and then oh geez, like Having the little bit of downtime, I actually squeezed in a lot, so I started playing The Outer Worlds, which is fantastic. Oh, I've heard nothing but good things about that. And is, oof. Like, I knew it was uh, from the makers of, like, Fallout New Vegas and a bunch of other awesome things. And knew it was supposed to basically be, you know, legally not Fallout. <laughs> With it a is, different artistic style? Mm-hmm. It is basically legally not Fallout. It is also way less subtle. Not that Fallout was ever that subtle, but... Which is kind of the fun part about okay. it. You're like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. <laughs> and they're still making it a good RPG where, like, you can choose and make choices of what side you're going to back and stuff, but they make no bones about the evil megacorps being evil megacorps. I'm just going to point out, one of the sides in Fallout New Vegas was literal slavers. And that's the subtle version. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's the subtle version. Um, it's, I, I'd say that every every character I've ran across so far that is present, presented as being one of the good guys that you should help is some form of uh, socialist, communist, or anarchist so far. And your first companion, as you're actually like doing her companion quest, is uh, asexual lesbian. I'm down. It's amazing so far. I am blown away by it. I am loving it. Um, I, I kind of want to go back and play more of it, like, right now. And screw you guys, but no, not that bad. You can like, wait, actually. like, two hours. <laughs> we're in your house. It'd be super weird if you were like, keep it down in there. <laughs> it's not actually that bad. I actually had to put it down for a little bit the other night because I was burning myself out. But It's Valentine's Day. You have stuff to do. I know. Night. I As soon as we're done here, I'm actually going to, like, be starting to make, like, dinner and stuff. And all that like nice stuff, but I'm not the one making dinner this time because I just bought all the presents like a week and a half ago. And I was like, Hey, have these. <laughs> anyway, that's, I think that's what I have. I, a lot of Dune, a lot of video games. Yeah. Um, and a lot of adventure time again, because there was a lot that we did get through, mm-hmm. but Oh yeah. So much adventure time. Uh, I mean, we did have to get through season five, which is I think the longest season oh, thank God. of all of them. I mean, I, I I really enjoyed all of this, but oh, thank God if the next part is shorter. <laughs> um, let's see. For me, I've got... God, I read so many comics because I was stuck on the couch for like two weeks because I had not COVID sick and then COVID sick. So I just... Back to back. Oh, I was wrecked. But uh, the, the two I've got, because they are just buck wild in both cases, is... TMNT, the Image Comics series, it's been released as, um, oh god, Urban Legends, TMNT Urban Legends. Okay. And what it is, it is the first time that Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, the original Turtles creators, 
had a Ninja Turtles comic going that was not made by them, that was part of the, like, ongoing canon from their very first comic. There, there had been, like, you know, based off the cartoon comics, but this is, like, referencing things that happened in Ninja Turtles issue one mm-hmm. that was, like, their weird little ash can comic. But because it was the 90s and they had Image doing it, it goes off the rails literally on the first page. The very first page, Donatello gets shot five times. Wow. In the first issue, Raphael gets half his face blown off with a grenade. Uh, let's see. Donatello becomes a cyborg, and then they have to battle his cyborg body at one point. Raphael gets half his face blown off and wears a Casey Jones mask for half the comic before becoming the new Shredder and taking over the Foot Clan. Wow. Uh, Mikey becomes a published romance author. <laughs> And Leonardo doesn't know what to do with himself now that all of his uh, brothers are, like, grown up and have their own lives and stuff going on. Oh, okay. So, like, on top of all this insane 90s things happening, on top of Ninja Turtles, there's also this kind of interesting tale of, like, the mature one is in some ways the least mature one now because everyone else is, like, grown up and branched off and he doesn't know who he is without them. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's just buck wild. And as soon as it was canceled, they ignored it ever since. Um, and then my other one is a book called The Wrong Earth from Ahoy Comics. Mm. It is a hero that is called either Dragonfly or Dragonfly Man, depending on which Earth it's on. But it's basically Batman, but not for legal reasons. But it's the story of what if, like, the Dark Knight Batman, like Christian Bale, top of his angry game, and the Adam West 1966 Batman got swapped on what Earth they're on. Okay. So suddenly in the middle of, like, the 1966, we're stealing all of these pennies, is, like, angry murder Batman. And in the angry murder world, there is... uh, The White Knight. Weird 66 Batman. But all of the rules of, like, his stuff still counts... So he has, like, he survives stuff, and they're like, how? And he's like, oh, with this anti-bullet spray I made. And they're like, what? How? <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, and it's kind of an interesting examination of, like, the different sides and how kind of dark some of the Batman 66 stuff was, too, where Batman's like, well, this is a corrupt officer, so I kidnapped him, and I'm keeping him in my Batcave. And like, no, you're, you, you can't do that. <laughs> Like, what What are you going to do? Keep them forever? Oh, no, there's medical things that I could do to fix their brains. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> it's a really interesting book. I've only read the first volume because it's one of those things that I have to track down and order online because it turns out finding little-known comic books from even lesser-known comic book companies is hard to do in rural Montana. Right. That's true. That's true. But we're working on it. Yui, what about you? Anything... Uh, Anything fun you've ingested lately? Um, well, I don't know if they fit the standard definition of fun, but I've been enjoying <laughs> them. Uh, I have been getting into a lot of uh, kind of like found footage style horror, like short series on YouTube. Oh, you were telling um, me about this yesterday. Yeah, uh, namely, uh, there's one called Gemini Home Entertainment and all of its associated uh like properties and then also uh the back room 
which is a really fun short series. And they're both like kind of weird, paranormal, like that kind of strange, unknowable horror, but like translated through found footage hmm. in like VHS format. So it's like because most of these. Oh, sorry. No, no, you're fine. I'm just so it's like Blair Witch, but as a YouTube series and I'm assuming better made. Kind of. Like, uh, for instance, Gemini Home Entertainment is centers around uh, the, these weird creatures called wood crawlers, and they take over people's bodies and homes and then create fake people, which can then go and infect other beings and are then consumed. I don't know. It's a really kind of weird thing to, like, wrap your head around, and it takes at least, like, um, at least like nine or ten videos that get like the full scope of like what the fuck is going on in this story and you get like a better sense of the timeline near the end of it because like this all started when like I don't know I don't want to give away the ending if you're interested in watching something like this but it's kind of creepy it's got a bunch of like little small details and things like that and then the back rooms is another series which centers around a company that creates a portal that then creates this infinite maze of back rooms. Huh. And it's initially proposed to like funders and investors as a solution to corporate storage or uh, even the housing crisis or something like that. But it's very close quickly goes wrong and we get to see all of the fallout from that and they're all told in like non-linear time format series and it's really cool and fun and I've been having I don't know it's super interesting to, to kind of parse out the stories through these several several videos so again it doesn't fit the standard definition of fun but <laughs> I mean, Tyler does a horror movie podcast. Like, it sounds I'm, fun to me. I'm the only odd man out on this, and I do listen to horror <laughs> podcasts, like actual, you know, horror fiction podcasts. So we get it. I actually think that the mm -hmm. the serial storytelling that people are doing with either podcasts or with YouTube shows and what they can do with horror there is so much more interesting than a lot of the like American horror movies being made. But oh my gosh, yes. as we've discussed, I am not the target audience for that. So, you know, your mileage may vary on my statement mm -hmm. there. And then as far as anything else, uh, I have started for the first time watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And that's definitely, it's interesting. It's fun, but the early seasons are very oof. You can tell it was made in like 2000. Oh, so it's like early Archer. <laughs> yeah you're like oh i could not say that today and that's probably a good thing um, oh my gosh it's like we already know that these people are like bad people but oh my god yeah I, uh, there was one episode i actually couldn't finish i'll be so, honest i can't watch that, that show it stresses me out <laughs> like, i never got to where uh i never got to season two where we got the uh, god why can't i think of his name um Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, thank you. I kept saying Danny Elfman in my head, and I'm like, that's mm, not that's not Danny that's Elfman. not correct. <laughs> I've only ever seen like the first four seasons. I never got to like the more modern stuff, but uh, I think we are just on like season four or five now. And 
it just became our kind of like watch at the end of the day series and because we finished Bob's Burgers finally and yeah so that and weird horror stuff perfect that actually tracks with adventure time that tracks with you and your partner so that actually all makes sense (laughs) to me um (laughs) So we don't really have news anymore, a news section anymore. We're still figuring out what to do with this spot. But uh, we did have a couple of trailers that we watched. And actually, before that, you you had, you had were telling me something you wanted to yell about about Mario Kart. Because Nintendo Direct yes. happened. <laughs> okay. So, like, when I first heard about, like, the whole, like, announced, like, yay, there's a whole bunch of new courses coming to Mario Kart. And, like, I was so excited about it because, you know. I love playing it. I love being Luigi while playing Mario Kart. They are releasing like over six ways, six courses from now until 2023. And you have to pay them like. I heard it was 45 courses. Yeah. I don't know. And it's dumb and I hate it. (laughs) Oh no. You hate that you have to pay for the new courses. (laughs) Well, like, I don't know. I expected it to be instead of just, you know, like, time release DLC, just, you know, a big drop of all of the courses that I thought like an idiot and not like a capitalist company. <laughs> it's okay. It just gives us time to conquer the new courses. Uh, no, that's fair. I, this is one of the ones I don't mind too much about paying for because of the size of it, like 45 new courses. But I mean, if it's like 20 bucks per drop of courses, that's, um, my opinions will shift. Like, I don't remember the, if it's the, you pay once and you get all of them, or if you have to pay per way that they release, which if it's that, I think that's super stupid, but whatever. I don't know if any of us would know the answer to this, uh, because Tyler doesn't have a switch and I don't think either yeah. of us play smash brothers. Did they charge for the new smash bros characters that they dropped for like four years after that came out? I don't know. I don't know. This was, as I said, I entered in with this was a bad question for me to be asking. Uh, It it just made me upset when I watched that video. And then at the end of it, they're like, and we're releasing them from 2022 until 2023. And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to make me wait. They only announced like three courses, just like of, ones from previous games and they were all from versions that I've never really gotten to play because I never had systems growing up. Mm. But anyway. See, that's the part uh, I'm looking forward to. Like, I don't mind if they're doing other new courses because I have not played enough Mario Kart over the years to like, be like, hey, I've been doing this one since I was 10. I'll be like, hey, I don't know this one. Or hey, I was really bad at it when I was 10. Like, I'm still excited for it. I'm still definitely going to play it eventually, but I am now less excited for it. That's fair. We watched a couple of trailers yeah. before this. Yeah. Uh, God, which ones did we want to talk about? Uh, Doctor Strange. I mean, Doctor mm-hmm. Strange is the big one, and it's actually like a full trailer. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, directed by Sam Raimi, starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, yeah, yeah, Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. <laughs> um, Thanks, man. I'm mostly excited to see what Sam Raimi is going to like force through of his style into a Marvel movie. We're not going to get the blood splatter that he wants to put in literally everything he's ever made, but. <laughs> so, um, Illuminati? Yeah. This looks, I mean, 
there was what five chairs there. It looked like, and then we heard Patrick Stewart talking, which if I was interested before, and we saw the back of a bald head. I don't even care about that. But I heard Patrick. Literally, they could have just have that line be the whole thing, never explain it, and I would still Wait. watch the movie just for that. I somehow missed Patrick Stewart in that trailer. What? You never actually see him, or you see the back of his head. But there is a bit where someone's like, perhaps we should tell him. And that was Patrick Stewart, who played Professor X. Um, and there was certain implications that Doctor Strange pissed off the Illuminati, which uh, in Marvel is a collection of the biggest names in the Marvel Universe who probably should not be working together and making secret plans for everyone else. It's like Mr. Fantastic, the Fantastic Four, Iron Man, Namor, the Submariner, uh, Professor X, Black Bolt of the Inhumans, and uh, who am I missing? Mm -hmm. Uh, Black Panther in a later version. Oh, okay. It's a little better when it's Black Panther, although they blow up a lot of planets. (laughs) Uh, But the, the, the very first group of the Illuminati is a whole bunch of white man thinks he's right. Right. And then <laughs> making everyone else's day worse as a result. I don't Who's on fire? We were trying to figure that out for sure. It looks like it's maybe Monica. I wouldn't be surprised. It had a kind of Captain Marvel look to it, like just how they stylized her powers working. Mm-hmm. So it could have been Captain Marvel or someone kind of connected to that world. Yui, I'm sorry. I know we just dived straight into like relatively deep comic book lore here. <laughs> No worries. Um, the bit that threw me was I, I for the most part had stopped saying, oh, I never thought I would see so-and-so in a comic book movie. But I never thought I would see Rintra in a comic book movie. <laughs> Rintra being the giant green minotaur from another dimension that Doctor Strange trained as his apprentice for most of the 80s and 90s. Before, I think, dying horribly, but I'm not 100% certain on that. Looks like that might happen again. God, I hope not. Rintro was my favorite. He just added such a, like, nice level of here's how weird Doctor Strange's world is. He's just got this giant green pacifist minotaur. And multiple versions of Strange, for sure. Mm-hmm. And we think multiple versions of Scarlet Witch, Wanda? Maybe, maybe not. I'm hoping that it's like, here's an alternate universe evil version of Wanda that we're getting because I don't, I don't have any interest in seeing Wanda's gone mad and it is trying to kill things again. I've been reading that in the comics since before I was born, which is a weird sentence to say, but like, it's just, I mean, if you want my opinions on this, go listen to our New Island episode on the Scarlet Witch. But when they don't know what to do with her, she has a mental breakdown and turns evil because people did mean things to her. And I mean, like, really mean things but like i just it's a tired trope and i think uh what the big another big question is whether it's supposed to be the evil steven from what if or not i still need to watch that that episode relies really heavily on uh fridging his love interest but is otherwise like wow fantastic oh, and good. such like a crazy fall for him. I think the fridging of the female is kind of the similar problem of my thing with Wanda of like, all right, here's a a female character. We can either kill her or have her turn evil. 
Like, that, that seems to be the two go-tos if you're not going to do the damsel in distress route, which, thank God for less damsel in distress stories these days. Yeah, that episode starts off with it uh, heavy, because he's basically in, like, a Groundhog Day scenario where he can't save her. Rough. So she gets killed a lot in that episode. Yui is someone who doesn't run three nerd comic book podcasts. Did you have any thoughts about this movie that might come from a other perspective? I mean, to be honest, I haven't really watched many Marvel things since, like, you stopped living in your house. That's fair. And I was um, years behind on that one. All right. I, the, the last one that I intentionally watched was Endgame. And I still don't think I remember being the end of that. No, I so think I'm you got bored and fell asleep. I remember you having strong opinions about how bland you found it. Like, I was also dog-sitting those terrible dogs at the time. Oh, and that's right. It was a nightmare. But anyway, unrelated. Um, so, yeah, I'm very disconnected from the world of Marvel and what is happening in it. Um, I mean, it was a very interesting, flashy trailer. In my, like, I, I remember watching Doctor Strange, at least the first one, and I know he's gone on to do a bunch more stuff that I just haven't watched, like uh, the new Spider-Man. I haven't seen that one yet either. Yeah, I still haven't either. Mm-hmm. I thought it was yeah. fine. The first one is a little forget. I still can't tell you who that villain was supposed to be. Car Sarnagers. Oh, Casilius. Casilius. I, I run a podcast where I teach people about Marvel magic stuff, and I don't know who that guy is. That's how forgettable <laughs> I found him. It's their best excuse to get Mads Mikkelsen in a Marvel movie. Well, which... yeah, but you could There's so many. Okay. Okay. We, I've yelled about this enough times <laughs> over different <laughs> episodes. Um, uh, we also watched like that minute of that DC thing that they put out. Yeah. What is The Rock doing in the DC universe? He's playing evil Captain Marvel. Anti-hero Captain Marvel. Anti-villain? I don't know. Anti-villain Captain Marvel. He's playing a character called Black Adam. There's a movie coming out just called Black Adam. Uh, that He fought to make a Black Adam movie for about as long as Ryan Reynolds fought to play a Deadpool movie. But no one actually mm-hmm. thought it was going to happen because it's, a, it's fucking Black Adam. Um, and Black Adam gained prominence in the 90s because he's got all the powers of Captain Marvel, but he doesn't have the innocent whimsy because he is an ancient tyrant instead of a boy. Yeah. <laughs> instead of a young boy. It looks like he's not as much ancient tyrant in this one, but maybe like old school freedom fighter. We'll see. God, I hope not. The tiny bits of that movie that we do see in that flash of a trailer, it seems like they're building a better Justice League movie with the JSA. Black Adam is compelling, but there's a, there's always been some fascist undertones to him that makes me kind of uncomfortable. So if they're going to actively avoid those, I'm pretty in favor of it. Um, Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate looks incredible. And I just like Pierce Brosnan, so let's do this. Yes. And uh, the guy from Leverage looks great as Hawkman. So might we finally get a good Hawkman? Because that's never happened before. Uh, Aldous Hodge. Aldous Hodge. Another one where I was like, Aldous Huxley. Nope, that's... (laughs) He died like a century ago. Um, And Adam Smasher, 
who is another. I never thought that I would see him. Like, because they were like, Adam Smasher is appearing in The Flash. And then he was a villain who died immediately. Right. So <laughs> seeing a comic accurate, getting the costume right, really leaning into everything is kind of cool. I can't believe that the Black Adam movie is now the movie of those three. I might be the most interested in seeing but it's entirely because of everyone other than Black Adam. I mean, it's The Rock. He's going to be fun. He will be charming and muscly and everything The Rock is when he's in movies. I mean, and he looks more like Black Adam than any other actor in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Little bits of the Batman. The costuming tends to continues to be extremely wild on that one of some of them. I'm like, that looks so good. And then, like, other characters I'm like that looks so bad. There's no in between for you here. I I trust Matt Reeves after the the Planet of the Apes stuff he did. I just I I don't know. Like I think that movie has the best chance of being good of the four movies they advertised in this. I think it's probably going to be great. I just don't know if it's going to be great in the way that I necessarily want right mm, now. That's fair. Uh, let's see. Then we saw little bits of the Flash, but I mean even less. The costume is better than the plastic armor he was wearing in the Snyderverse, but they are leaning really heavily into all of the bright, glowing lines on him that has been popular in the last decade. And I really hate that. I think the Flash costume should just be sleek. And putting a bunch of big, bright, glowing neon lights on it is not sleek. <laughs> uh, and then what? Oh, Aquaman. We saw even less of Aquaman. He's wearing a forgettable blue outfit, and he looks freaking fly in the, like, orange and yeah. green Again, things I never thought I would say, but he looks fly in the classic Aquaman costume and looked really boring in that muted dark one. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still just, I'm like, okay, cool, Jason Momoa, I'm going to go watch it. That first one was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, it's not a great movie, but I enjoyed it, like, every moment of it. They all, they were clearly enjoying himself. Aquaman's dad <coughs> was Boba Fett. Right. I don't know. Far and away, the best thing DC is doing right now is Peacemaker, and it it's hard to get excited about any of these <laughs> when the else. finale's coming up. <laughs> like, I'm getting caught up on that as soon as I get home. It's we watched the opener to it, bef like we just had a few minutes to kill before, so we watched the opener. I've seen that probably fifty times now, and I'm just like, yeah. There's so many things I want to say about it, but you're you're still an episode behind. Yeah, yeah. You he's not watched any of it. <laughs> just know that. No matter what you think right now, is White Dragon can be an even bigger piece of shit. Oh, I don't doubt it. He's, I mean, he, in the comics, he was a Nazi camp commandant. That's the word I was looking mm -hmm. for. So, like, I'm already expecting him to be a garbage human. I can't believe they're making Peacemaker the well-adjusted one of the, like, various characters of this show. It is a really interesting, like, here, let's have this over-the-top comedy but also tell this really interesting story about like overcoming your toxic upbringing and escaping toxic masculinity to be someone who's not quite a piece of shit, mm -hmm. but also everyone in that show is just terrible human beings. You, have you watched the suicide squad at all? Not the um, first movie, but the, the one that James Gunn did like a year ago. Nope. Okay. You, you should watch that one. You would like it. It's really okay. good. It's I've so heard much that one has Rat. Yes, does. it does have the character that makes me think of you, Ratcatcher 2. Yay! We do not deserve Sebastian. <laughs> or Ratcatcher 2. 
Um, anything else we want to discuss before? All right, I think we're good. We're going to take a quick break, and when <laughs> we come back, we will come along with me, I guess. <laughs> come along with Yui. Come along with Yui. <laughs> okay, so as I mentioned, I was two kinds of sick over the course of watching this. So I know I watched like 95% of it, but I do know there were a couple of times where I was drifting in and out of consciousness and I haven't figured out all of the episodes that I missed because of that. So there might be some points where you start talking about something and you're going to have to explain it to me like I am an idiot child. For sure. Uh, <laughs> you're going to take this. I, I was about to say, I, I would like to issue the same warning for myself and I wasn't even sick. I just did... <laughs> Uh, about 95% of season five in one day. So it's just oh my God. like a sausage of adventure time in my head. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I, I did the same thing. I think CC figured out we watched for like 13 hours that day because I was just on the couch dying. <laughs> yeah, I went to hit the gym early and was also like on my chair dying, but for completely different reasons. Oh, yeah, reasons. no. Oh, God, my legs still hurt from going to the goddamn gym. <laughs> Bastard of body trying to make me have to stay in shape. But I don't know whether to apologize or be impressed that you got through most of season five and an day. Neither. You yeah, should probably like said, judge us, but uh, here we all are. I binge watched the series <laughs> enough to like be able to talk about this, okay? okay. So I can't say anything. <laughs> okay. What do you think I do while I craft for like seven hours a day? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So, starting off on season four, that's where we're starting off with the, uh, uh, God, that was like three weeks ago. So that was Jake's wish, yeah? Yes, uh, so the start of season, wait, where am I? Uh, episode two. Season four starts with, actually, uh, we just met Flame Princess, and this is Finn getting to know her, and, like, they start dating, or, like, at least hanging out. Oh, okay, I'm a season ahead of where I thought we were. Yeah. Uh, yes, okay. Yeah. There is a n very noticeable kind of maturation in this season where, mm -hmm. I mean, it'd been growing like slowly up before, but at this point, just the entire feel of the show changes in a like subtle yet distinct way. I think this is, uh, yeah. Season four is when Pendleton Ward would have stepped back as series runner. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, Adam Musa would have taken over that position. And then, also, like at the same time, this is when Rebecca Sugar would also be starting to have a lot more direct influence, being really directly tied with the character of Marceline, writing a lot of songs, doing like a lot of yeah, storyboarding and writing, things like that. And then we also just have like a lot of fun. Like, I guess it's more in season five that we start getting guest animators and things like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, season four is definitely like when it stops being just that fun little random show to where it starts becoming like a, a built world that we start having a story that moves forward in it. A strange sci-fi epic. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I have to agree, especially because season four was the one that finally fucking did it. It's towards the end of the season, but the goddamn show finally made me cry. Okay, oh, I man. desperately want to know what scene that is, but first, Yui, you were going to give a quick run over yeah, of the yeah, plot yeah. of season four. Do that, and then we'll talk about Tyler crying. 
Okay. So we started with Finn meeting Flame Princess, and then we get the introduction of my favorite, like one of my favorite returning episode formats in Five Short Grables. Yeah. I, I just love that character. I love those, those him so, so much. fucking weird. Labeled. No Grables today. Anyways. And it's Emo Phillips. I love anyway. Emo Phillips. I know, right? Um, and then we get, yeah, more backstory on Marceline and her, at least for like her father, her actual father. Um, we get a lot more. Uh, we've already gotten backstory on Ice King. Yeah, but we, we get a that. lot more backstory on it. Like we actually... Oh, yeah, because <laughs> at the end of this is I Remember You. And that's mm. when we have that big, like... But anyway, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens before then because we start seeing more bits of that in like Princess Monster Wife um, and then Only oh, and Goliad, which is another one of my favorite episodes because it explores more into like Princess Bubblegum. Ah. We, wa- we were actually watching Goliad just before this episode. Uh, Tyler put on <laughs> Random Adventure Time and that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and then one. Uh, we also get more like scenes on Mars and like with fucking Magic Man. And then one of my all time favorite episodes is in season four, which is Demo Noir. And I love that episode so fucking much. That doesn't surprise me at all, my <laughs> film major son. Um, <laughs> Magic Man just sucks in the season, right? We don't get the like incredibly tragic yeah. magic man backstory until later that I'm still yeah, that's mad gonna about be at the end of season six. Yeah. Yeah. No. In, in season four, magic man is just, I fucking hate magic. Man He's still so magic much. Man. <laughs> um, uh, uh, okay. So Tyler, what, what was it? The, the ice King it's fucking, I remember. Yeah. Remember you. That's the, the not even the entire song, episode. Yeah. The song kills me. And I was like, was it just the song? Was it the context the entire episode? And so I tried it again the other day. I put on the song and I was like <laughs> weeping halfway through. And I'm like, God fucking damn it. Now remind oh me, man, oh man. Is that, the one, <laughs> is that the one where she tells the full story? Or is that the one where he just shows up at her house and she's trying to make a song? That's the one where he shows up at her house. Um, oh. Actually, to be honest, Simon and Marcy didn't hit me nearly as much. Okay, see... Simon and Marcy is the one that I'd seen before without context. Okay. Uh, I don't think Simon and Marcy works as well without seeing I Remember You First. Mm-hmm. But I just eternally want to know more about, like, Simon. Just as oh, a rule, man. anytime Simon comes up. And once again, proving Marceline's my favorite. Yeah, that whole... That's a Rebecca Sugar song right there, right? Like, it has to it be. It totally is. <laughs> that's... um. <laughs> That, that was actually like uh, I remember you and uh, Simon and Marcy were some of her like standout episodes, and I believe Simon and Marcy would have been the last episode that she worked on before leaving to work on Steven Universe. I was gonna say if you if I mean if that's the song that made you cry, you have to watch Steven Universe, <laughs> my man. Like that is it's a lot of seasons, so that's we'll get to it is. someday. But uh, <laughs> it's so good. It's it's nothing but Rebecca Sugar making you sad. Uh, nothing else yet no. since though. So oh, far really? that's okay. been the yeah yeah that's been it so far. And I but ah uh, fuck yeah. However, I'm gonna point out just like last time, I'm still not f- that fond of Ice King. No, Ice King sucks. I'm... I like Simon. I want to know more about Simon. Yeah, 
I've been petrified to school. Like, Ice King is just a weird dad sack. And Gunther is infinitely yeah, more interesting than Gunther's I see, particularly so with the season six that we will get to. But, um, but which I had forgotten uh, we, about when I went to finish the season. Like, I came out of my fever haze and was like, let's watch. What the fuck? But that's. <laughs> I mean, I think. I think my. I think my perfect show is just like Marcy and Gunther, Gunther and Peppermint Butler just hanging out all day. But I do not have the same love for Peppermint Butler that you two have. I mean, he's funny, but like I love me some Peppermint oh, Butler. A little goes a very long way with Peppermint Butler. Is this the season where we get this? I'm sorry. This is because I watch so much of this all together. Is this the season where we get the backstory about PB's like? creating the peppermint kingdom or is that next season um well i think you're a little bit ahead okay we i will save that to talk about later season four uh since after i remember you we close out season four with the lich and then we go into the 52 episode block of season five okay before we dive into the lich and uh the guy on the side of the wall whose name i can never remember but i really like him Fenmo. We kind of skipped over Flame Princess really fast. Oh, yeah, because we... Wait, no, we don't have... We don't have much, but I most mean... Most of... Yeah. I really... Um, I really like Flame Princess as a character, though. So, like, I, I wanted to definitely put a moment into her here. Uh, she is definitely one of my favorite princesses. Like her character evolution throughout this series, like and especially just in the three seasons that we're going to be talking about today. Mm-hmm. Like that's the majority of her character arc is these three seasons. And then we just get to see her in the background being an absolute boss queen. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> this is the season where we get Riker, right? Uh, Jonathan Frakes okay. stars in an episode. Yeah. Uh, um, no, I, I know what episode you're talking about. Uh, that one is in season five. Oh, okay. I just, I started keeping track of how many of the Star Trek cast have appeared in the show, and I think I'm at four? Yeah, I know they got a few of them. And I, I know Pendleton had been like, I want to get all of the cast of uh, Next Gen to be in the show at some point, and so far I at have, least got some of them. So far I've found Worf, Troy, Riker, and Jordy. Across the series, uh, Jonathan Frakes, Marina Sirtis, Michael Dorn, and LeVar Burton. They're real people. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't just call them their fictional, (laughs) but like. They are actors. (laughs) Yeah, but also Worf was, you know, Worf. Um, (laughs) We sort of started off talking about how this season is the one where it sort of felt like it started to get more mature. Mm -hmm. I'll agree, and it was actually to an almost surprising extent because. Like I said, uh, like you mentioned before, I sort of had on some random uh, adventure time right before we started recording, and mm-hmm. I had sort of just thrown on some season four because I was like, "Oh shit, that's what I watched." You know, the longest ago. I wonder if it's going to jog mm-hmm. anything to to sort of freshen up my memories before I go talk. And I was watching it, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh shit, these characters feel younger than they do even just two seasons from mm-hmm. now." And, and I mean, the jump between Finn season three and Finn season four is already significant. Like he goes from season one and two, he's a kid. Season three, he's kind of a preteen. Like he's where my nephew is, where he's starting to get interested in girls, but doesn't know how to like 
deal with it or admit to it or whatever. Mm. So he's like, Mom, can mm-hmm. I learn this language so I can impress this girl in my class? No, girls have cutie mm-hmm. cooties. It's not. I don't <laughs> like her. I like her more than a friend, but I don't like her. Um, kind of to go back to Twain Princess, like I love the introduction of her character because like it just sets yeah, the tone for, I don't know, just all of the major points of where she grows. Like I was watching this uh, breakdown video of like their uh, relationship arc. And I didn't realize that her introduction is very similar to her breaking up with Finn. Like, and I know we'll get to that Mm -hmm. later. So keep that in your mind for later. I think there's something now we're uh, learning. Um, I think there's something Mm -hmm. kind of interesting about having the person who is quote unquote, their first love be someone who literally hurts to touch because like pretty much everything you do to your first significant, significant other almost ends up being like the wrong thing to do. I think in a lot of relationships, because you've just never done it before. Like you've never been a couple with someone before. And then you also don't have that like protection of, I know how to deal with this when like my romantic interest fucks up and, makes my life more difficult. So having it be <laughs> having it be a very literal extension of that of I will be set on fire if I touch her. I, I just I, mm-hmm. I kind of liked that. I mean like in like in this point in the story, like he's, you know, that passionate, energetic young boy and that's what first draws him to Flame Princess in the first place is just her intensity and her passion. He's like, yeah, that's cool. I like that. I want to be around that because I'm about that. And that's kind of just how they start and go about their relationship is just like, you know, this is fun. Let's have fun. And we get to see that and it's enjoyable. It's a good depiction Until, of puberty you know, in general. <laughs> yeah. And then we get to see Sid make the worst mistake of his fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> he does. That's not this season. That's next season. That yeah, that'll Finn be done season fucks five. Up? Okay. Yeah. Do we have anything else in season four or do we want to jump to... Oh, there's a whole bunch in season four because uh, we get to like see like the Nidosphere. I like those episodes just because anytime they do a two part episode, like split up in between their like uh, their 15 minute, 30 minute block, just where they, I don't know, cut the story is always fun to see. Okay, can we real quick, do they ever explain, and you can just be like, yes, stop talking about it, we'll f- you'll find out later, but do they ever explain, I'm not quite sure Marcy's history, because she is, she's a vampire, was she like, and she was born to, I'm going to go with her dad versus Simon, and then she ends up on Earth later? Because we've met so, her two dads, and I haven't, I don't understand how they like relate, or like which one she was with first, or... So, like, uh, Hunson Abadir is her biological father. Um, and and that, she does have a human mother. Okay. Yes. So, she's a half-demon. Oh, okay. And we know that. And we know that she is also Marceline the Vampire Queen. And for this point in the story and for what we'll be talking about today, that's all we really know. Okay. I just was curious while watching and I'm like, I don't know if this is going to come up later. I'm scared to wiki anything. (laughs) 
I actually kind of know the answer to this one because of one of the times I wikied Marcy. Yeah, I, I kind of know some of the end of the Ice King story because of the same thing. I was like, what the hell is going on with Gunter? Oh, I know things now. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the season just with Gunter, and this is like a one-sentence thing where we finally get to meet the other penguins' names, and it's like Gomer, Gomer, yeah. Gether. <laughs> That's it. That's... We get Rain of the Gunters this season, too. Oh, God. Yes, Rain of Gunter. <laughs> I just, more Gunter all the time. I mean, I say that, but we don't want it to end up like Madagascar, where they like just started doing spin-offs of, <laughs> of the Penguins. Although Madagascar <laughs> wasn't that great in the first place, so. Man, some of my favorite things about, like, I guess, just like season four, just to stick to this until we... No, 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 uh, is how early they start introducing endgame plot points. I don't really want to give away exactly what they are, but like, I don't know. It's just neat to see uh, what steps had to occur to get to that and just how early they start happening. I mean, without even knowing for sure what you're talking about, you do start to get some of that that feel of the whole thing. Of me being like, oh man, this is like some cosmic level shit. I have to imagine this is a big deal on the scale of the, whatever the hell the finale ends up being. Right, well, (laughs) without knowing whatever the hell the finale is and what's being set up for then, like you can see the shit, especially looking back and even just like reading through some of the, the episode descriptions, you're like, oh shit, they did set that up for season six in like the beginning of season four. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that the podcast I listen to, Welcome to Night Vale, does so well. So it's, hmm, I can see why there's such a crossover in the fandoms now. <laughs> it's like kind of tracing it back. I think um, when we get that, when the Door Lord steals everybody's stuff, that's kind of the first little seed that they plant that kind of builds towards the end game. Like it might have. At that point, just been a, a weird little like throwaway thing. Mm-hmm. But I know that the production team was really fond of like going back and picking out the little things like that to then trace back into the story and make them more significant upon rewatch. Who was the the door lord again? It was the one where they had to sing a song by a genuine band to open the door. Oh and... yes, okay, yes, I yeah. I remember. That's, I like that one. Yeah, it was a good episode. And that was another song written by Rebecca Sugar. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just thinking how far back these things were just always in the story and how big and expansive this uh, like over a thousand year old world that like this is the, the thousand year time span that we're watching right now. And it's just neat. It's so neat. I'm definitely seeing why shippers have definitely latched on to uh, uh, Marceline and Princess Bubblegum. Oh, man. Which I know yes. more will develop just because of the internet osmosis, but uh, yeah. But I mean, the, even before not we had that, it. there was just so many, so many little things to mm-hmm. show that, yeah, they, they had a history, and I love it. And again, that's mostly thanks to Rebecca Sugar. 
I don't know if I have anything else. Okay, I was going to say. (laughs) I know, I'd been sitting there quiet for a bit. I was like thinking, I'm like, oh, you guys are all making really good points. You had the deep thought look in your face. I'm like, I, nope, don't have anything to add to that. You, you got anything else on that (laughs) one or do we want to jump forward? Um, I mean. We are following you. I'm just trying to think of like all these other things. Like, uh, oh, Card Wars. I fucking love that episode. Mostly just because I've seen um, magic players like that. And so that episode was super great to see. That episode's why I don't play card games anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I love Bemo's responsive. I do not play such games with Jake. (laughs) (laughs) With Jake. Well, and I feel like anyone who plays, I mean, really anyone who's into gaming, it doesn't matter what type of gaming, although this is super prevalent in card battle games like Magic or Pokemon or I guess I think Yu-Gi-Oh! still running, but like the people who get way too into it. Way too fast. I play to win, but I'm not that bad. I play to win, but like I had a person who was a friend who told me if you can't deal a hundred damage by turn three on Magic the Gathering, why are you playing? And I was like, I'm done. I'm like because I'm not playing a damage dealing deck. I'm gonna I'm gonna mill you to death anyway. <laughs> yes, but the point of like oh I'm I can't play to the level of escalation that you're going to play to. <laughs> or just the really bad winner one. Or really bad loser. Uh I don't think there's anything more relatable than like, oh no, the rules are really simple and then uh time skip to like hours later and the person being like, I have no idea what we're about to do. Because that's every board game I've ever played. And then as far as the rest of season four, it's mostly just that build up to the final episode of The Lich. Because we've had the bear that gets the end Kyradian that has started that kind of process towards just what he does during that episode. Mm -hmm. And then it'll bring us into season five. And so just kind of... Oh, just yeah, no, 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 it's fine. Just with the name Enchiridion, I was thinking about this. I have no idea how to make fantasy names sound cool. Because, like, the Enchiridion, and maybe it's just because this show has done a really good job of building this world quietly, but the Enchiridion sounds really cool, but it's not hard to make fantasy things that sound awful. Oh, God, is Enchiridion a real word? Yeah, there's there's been multiple Enchiridians over the years. Okay, that might explain it. I'm just thinking of like they're yeah. doing stuff like this is the Enchiridion, the Hero's Manual. And I'm like, that's awesome. And other things like this is the Gorgolor. Gets the I think that's an actual name I stole. But uh, an Enchiridion is literally just a small manual or handbook. Okay, that's why it works. Like, it's an actual word. Yeah. They just, very much like heavily pull from D and D and existing like mythos but they all exist within this crazy weird world of ooh. Well yeah I was just thinking like you know I mean even in just real D&D there's some stuff that you're like that sounds amazing and then you're like this is the magical flaming sword of Fanfoam Fawn. Like that's <laughs> really bad you didn't plan this session out at all today did you? <laughs> so anyways season 5 starts with the Jake's wish uh, Yeah what? we actually we're entering Finn's wish reality. Finn's wish. I, I, still in, yeah. I always swap those two names around. I don't know why. <laughs> and this is the, I think the only time I've seen a significant animation style change where I actually liked the episode. 
I know some people mm -hmm. like the like weird animation choice episodes. I usually don't care for them, but I thought that this one was maybe it's because it fit a storyline thing and the story actually matters in it. But I thought it did a really interesting way of like, this is not quite right, but close. I really love how they integrate guest animators and different art styles within the universe of the same show. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, even in the rest of season five, we're going to see a whole bunch more of that. And it's just so good to see. I love those little breaks from just like the monotony of like, you know, the standard cartoon universe that always looks the same, operates the same, even mm -hmm. though it's fun and wacky. And so it's nice to see a play on that with integrating other alternate styles. And I just liked hearing like Cloris Leachman as old Marcy. Love who? some Cloris Leachman. <laughs> who is Cloris Leachman? Um, I'll show you a picture. The only thing I know her from was she was the grandma on Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, I never watched that growing up, but okay. Oh. Oh, I've seen her in stuff. Okay. She's Frau Blucher. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> okay. We are oh, caught is. up now. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You have to do it. You have to do the neck. Uh, oh, now I miss Marty Feldman. Yeah. But that's not... Oh, God, he'd be so good on Adventure Time. But, um, <laughs> you said that his name is Bembo? Embo? The, the, the guy... Prismo? Who, Prismo. Camille Don Gianni? Prismo, yeah. the Wishmaster. He's one of, I think, my favorite weird side introductions here. One, his whole system, like how he works, of he's a shadow on the wall, but he can like hang out in the hot tub for some reason fascinates me. But also, I just. He, <laughs> go ahead. I, I love, I also love Prismo, just, just that he's a, a being that can exist outside of reality and time. And do whatever he wants and I love it but he still is so like basic person which is kind of interesting because I mean I read comic books people who sit like on the edge of reality as we know it is stuff is like a really common trope but having him he's talking with Jake about girls or something like that and he's like oh you know I just don't want to be tied down and Jake being like dude you need to I don't want to have a conversation every night about what we're going to have for dinner <laughs> You need to examine your commitment. Like mixing those two to those two kind of things together, I think is what puts him apart from what could have been a like forgettable, but important plot point character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love how convoluted some of those storylines around him get with the, mm -hmm. just the wishes and everything turning back on itself and the very monkey's paw. Kind yeah. Of, it's yeah. so great. That's where I was starting <laughs> to be like, Oh, these episodes, these are my jam. Uh, also, the Cosmic Owl, who up to now has been like this great harbinger, and he just wants to hang out with Prismo <laughs> and play board games. Like... Oh, man. I, I had just rewatched a bunch of season six episodes this morning. So, like, I have that all fresh in my mind. Mm -hmm. So, uh, <laughs> but we are on season five. <laughs> and then we get the return of the, the Grable Master. Yeah. Just give us five more short grables. I'll be honest. I don't I remember any of the short shorts. Like several of them were all done, but like none of them. I remember that it I missed the theme just... the first time, but I got it the second time. 
Oh, I didn't come close even once. <laughs> I especially love the like the fake out scene they gave, and they're like, "No, that's not it at all." Right. <laughs> so what all happens in five? Now I'm trying to remember because five is the one that uh, I, there... five will end with Martin, but it takes a long time to get there. Fucking Martin. <laughs> we'll, Fuck we will get there. Martin. We will get there. But yes. I, I know you Martin. said that LSP was your least favorite character, but yeah, fuck Martin so much. Uh, although Steven Root's great. Martin is mm-hmm. worse. LSP is more annoying to me. <laughs> I'm Martin doesn't fill me with the same visceral rage. <laughs> but also fuck <laughs> Martin. But that'll be for next season. Let's rephrase that. But that'll... Um, <laughs> So like, I don't know, I feel like season five with how not only like long it is, but like there's just a lot of weird things that happen. Like uh, there's the All the Little People episode, which goes super bonkers. Um, oh, that's Jake the one where... Jake becomes a dad. Oh, yeah. The Little People um, one is the one where Finn finds the little dolls? Yes. Finn goes crazy playing the Sims, basically. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. That one's really oh, disturbing. Uh, that's right. It's a good episode, though. Actually, Finn goes a little bit crazy a lot in this episode, so we'll call this the existential crisis season, season? of Finn. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, if we're cause... talking about the age range up, he, that puts him at about... Uh, I mean, he's what at this point? They Because he was 13 at the earlier season. So he's like, what, like 14, 15? Yeah. I was... A little existential angst falling apart when I was 15. So that actually, like, fits with the progress report. So, like, we get, yeah, all the little people, Davy, Mystery Dungeon. Oh, man, and Little Dude. So, yeah, a lot of instances of Finn having to make a lot of really... Yeah. Yeah. Did not like that one. It creeped me out. Looking back, I kind of realized that it's always been there. But I feel like season five was when I started to note. I don't know if I started to notice them more or if they started making the pop culture references more apparent. There's like, a, they start being a little bit more obvious in some of the little like one offs. And it's not a lot of like super, super noticeable stuff, but they're keeping on it. I mean, longer. rewatching um, like the the Lady Island episode with uh, the party god. I'm so glad that's the last fucking instance we have to see him because thinking about like we, Rage Wolf meme in 2022. We we do see party god again, but I think it's only like in passing at Prismo's house. Like it's not like a, a party god plot episode again. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that one. That one was good. Party god's weird and terrible. Uh, has has Sweet Pea existed yet? Sweet Pea will exist at the end of season five. Okay. So this is the season where Tree Trunks gets married. Uh, Tree Trunks got, m- or no, she met Mr. Pig in Dream of Love in season four. Um, when did they get married? Because when they get married is um, when they fir- we first meet the King of Ooh. Who will be more important in the sixth Fuck season? The King of Ooh. Yeah, no, he's. I know it's at the end of season six, but the gold obsessed charlatan who 
gets elected to the ruler of the kingdom hits a little differently mm-hmm. in 2022 than it did in 20, what, 14 when this came out? Yeah. 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 That's like how Simpsons keeps accidentally predicting the future. I mean, season six, like when that occurred, aired in like 2015. Oh, he would have just been starting to. Yep. He would have just been starting his like campaign bullshit. All right. We don't need to go into. Anyway, we're still on season five. Zach, just because um, uh, I was able to see your face when I brought it up uh, and some of the uh, the pop culture references stuff, I just took a look at my notes and some of the ones I wrote down and mm-hmm. made sure we were talking about the right season. Just like when they're trying to get to BMO in the wall okay, and they're like crashing through with the axes, they give Jake the fucking Jack Nicholson from The Shining for like half oh, a second. Oh, you're right, yeah. they do, yeah. Um, when they're going down into... The prison with the magic with Princess Bubblegum episode, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And the wizard's only fool? Yeah, the wizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get mixed, like from Silence of the Lambs, except it's a sock, right? Except I think it's a sock, not jizz. Ew. Ew. Yeah. Uh, but it's that scene. Ugh. I haven't seen Silence of the Lambs since early high school. <laughs> um the the uh, the episode where they're going to go update Bemo, they make a reference to the Tears in the Rain speech from Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Well, and that whole thing's got a bit of a Fallout feel to it mm-hmm. too. Um, when Marcy's uh, tied up and warning about going into a feeding frenzy, they give her the silhouette of the jaw uh, from the Jaws poster. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also just like they straight up put like Frank Zappa's apostrophe album in the show. Like that's what I mean, LS, that's what LSP is holding over her face. <laughs> like if you watch the backgrounds of a lot of these episodes, you're going to see even more of those tiny little like in references and like mm-hmm. things like that. Like people have posters, they have, you know, albums, they they even like offhandedly mention them sometimes. And it's weird. It's like, how would you even know about that? And I love it. When Jake has RLS, he's reading about Rusty the Boy Adventurer. Like the Rusty Venture. Oh, Rusty Venture from Venture Brothers. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking of Rusty the Boy Robot, which was a completely different. Everything's Jake doesn't even try to hide the fact that the rest of the cast is Futurama voices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. As we're... Everything's Jake. As we're uh, recording this episode, there's questions about whether Johnny D will be in the Futurama reboot. He mm-hmm. will be. They just need to pay him more. Yeah. But I just, watching Hulu not expecting the level of backlash when they're all like, we have everyone put Tony D and he might come or he might just get recast. And it's like, how fucking dare you, sir? You better not. I don't think you can do that show without Johnny D. Like, no. Sorry, everyone else in that cast is fucking great, but. You need Bender. <laughs> there's a reason they opened with a picture of Bender. <laughs> like, um,. Oh, and they even, like, they make reference to plants loving electrolytes in one of the episodes. It's what plants crave. Yep. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, shit. Either they're making more obvious references or they're making references I actually get. Because I have, like, looked up the some of the trivia, some of the episodes from seasons mm-hmm. one through three. And I'm like, I mean, oh, I just didn't catch that. <laughs> like, the I was entire just episode, The entire episode of Puhoi was an episode of Star Trek. So... 
Mm. Like they Which they've been making one? those in reference. Uh, that's the one with Jonathan Frakes, oh, where yeah. uh, it's where it's after in yes, and it's Captain like, Picard get, learns to play a flute by having a world's memories inserted into his brain. <laughs> and we can kind of see like all of the toll, like mental toll that not only the rest of Finn's life, but um, just what he's been going through this season is affecting his judgment around Flame Princess like in that episode because he starts the episode like oh flame princess didn't laugh at my joke so let me go fester about it and does that which and is then a immediately very 14 year old thing to do yeah and then immediately after that is demo lost which is another one of my favorite episodes like any episode that is demo centric i oh love. my god i love demo like, lost that's the one with the lavar burton as the bubble right yes that's such a weird goddamn I'm episode <laughs> Even on the scale of BMO episodes, just the basic format of that one and trying to explain it. <laughs> but the soothing tones of LeVar Burton going, I love you. And I'm like, I love you too, LeVar. I, mean, uh... <laughs> I just love that end speech that he makes once he's like, he realizes that he's air and then BMO's so sad. And it's like, no, don't you realize I can now be with you every minute of every day. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! So as much oh, and this... as uh, Marcy songs have generally been the highlight of this show just in general for me. Yep. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm already predisposed to like this artist, I uh, wasn't feeling the Marshall Lee track as much. Okay. That's the, That's the Fiona and Cake version of, mm-hmm. yeah. Even though I, I fucking love me some Donald Glover, I just, I don't know for what, it just didn't land as much for me. I'll be honest, I remember mm-hmm. it happening. I don't remember the song, so I apparently agree with you. <laughs> uh, it was the episode Bad Little Boy, and that's the name of the song, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I remember the episode, I can recall, what, but like the moment that the, like, the song should start, it's just empty space. <laughs> Empty space, and then the Peacemaker intro starts in my head. But that just happens a lot yeah. these days. Um. Uh, I guess kind of thinking ahead, like um, since they have announced the uh, Fiona and Cake miniseries or like reboot or whatever they are doing with that, I wonder if they will kind of continue with what they had set up previously or just like, I don't Recast. know, kind of start from, Yeah. I really hope they get Neil Patrick Harris to come back as Prince Prince Gumball. <laughs> yeah, I doubt Donald Glover would come back. Like that might be a big ask these days. But actually, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Adventure I, Time is a pretty big property at this point in the world. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool. <laughs> Just like Donald Glover. So yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm always down to see some more Donald Glover. That's that's where I'm I'm, I'm about anyway. Then what does it go so to? God, this think? was the long ass season, so like I Yeah. Does does Flame Princess break up with him this season or next season? It's this season. Because okay. uh, we get a few of the like really nice standout episodes. Like um I I don't know if you guys liked the uh David O'Reilly uh animated episode that was the computer animated one, Glitch is a Glitch where Ice King creates a, a virus that deletes everything except for him and Princess Bulgum. And then Finn and Jake have to rescue everybody from that virus. Oh. 
It didn't. I hardly really, remember that one. I was going to say, it didn't really stand out to me. Okay. Well, that's really sad because it's one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. I mean, you can tell like, us why it's it was, one of your favorites. It's, you... I mean, I just love the animator. Like, it's another example of including those alternate, like, independent animators within their show to kind of, like, showcase what they do. And this season five especially is really good at that, like, in episodes like that. And then we have James Baxter, who is, like, you know, in a very big animator name, who just, like, all he did on that was animate and voice the character James Baxter. <laughs> and they wrote this, the episode around it and then included his character. Like, that, that's the whole thing. What a weird and I love fucking... It. What a, okay. I can't wait for James Baxter to come back and then we see more of him. And it's so great. But I think that happen, that'll be happening next episode. Or next um, season? Yeah. Like, not in, like, what we're talking about today, but yeah, yeah. the next time we'll be recording. But anyway, back to season five, which is really long. Um, it's midway through... Um, midway through, I remember, there was, like, three kind of, like, story-heavy episodes right in a row, depending on how you want to s- describe story-heavy. Yeah. But I thought, like, oh, yeah. Be, Be More, more is a Witch lot. Is- Sky Witch is a lot. Frost and Fire is a lot. That's kind of just like the mid-season arc of all of their, all of the storylines that they currently have running. Because there are a lot. Yeah, the kind of mid-season finale feel before they take a break for the holidays sort of set up. Um. Uh, that would have been uh, summer. Oh, okay. So it was, but... Yeah, that was like their big summer blowout episode block. Uh... And it isn't until... Jeez, root beer guy would have been their last episode for that one. Wow. Oh, and then that's when Mr. Big and um, Tree Trunks get married after that, at the end of the season. Mm, okay. So, yeah, they just had a lot of time to kill before they had other things. I don't know. <laughs> and that's what we get in between, like, that three big story-heavy episode block of Be More, Sky Witch, and Frostfire. And then we get a couple random episodes of Finn being sad. And one of my favorite, which is Dungeon Train, which is where he's just kind of on that forever fight that just never ends. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I dug Dungeon Train. Did you ever watch that? I've only ever watched the pilot, but the the short series Infinity Train. Mm Mm-mm. Yeah. Check it out. It's super good. They finally released the series. I was so excited, and I never watched the series. But the pilot is just this girl that's on an infinity train, and, like, every uh, every new train car she goes onto is a different, like, world that she has to go across and save and, like, just trying to find a way out. But it just made me think of this, hmm. or this made me think of that, but this probably came first. Or just any... It made me think of... What was that video game that you were playing a lot lately? Hades? Oh, yeah, yeah, Of, like, it's just kind of oh, an yeah. eternal restart and fight. Yeah, actually, when I was watching it, I was like, hmm, I'm getting some Hades vibes. <laughs> I want to be on the fight train. <laughs> I would totally be on the fight train. Uh, question, because I know that this episode comes up sort of close to the, the episode blocks we're talking about. Does mm-hmm. Jake's... Not Jake. Does Finn... Does the fact that he's colorblind ever come back up? <laughs> um... 
I don't <laughs> think it does. It was mostly just important for that one episode. That was and just wild. Just... <laughs> You're colorblind, dude. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. I'll just take this ruby. It's an emerald. It's an emerald, bro. And I mean, the fact that, like, we get a throwaway line of, like, why Finn sings like he does, and that comes up multiple, multiple times throughout the series. Like, even in that episode, Davey, where he uses the computer to modulate his voice lower. But we get something as important as, like, Finn's colorblind, and it comes up once and never again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, One last thing on Dungeon Train. I actually kind of liked the the fact that Finn stayed on the train for a while, like it would have been really easy for him to, for an episode like this to kind of have the like, Oh, I need to break away from what I'm wallowing from. And he broke me away and I'm okay now, but not ending on that and having him be like, all right, I hear what you're saying. I'm not there yet. I promise I will come back to you later. I'm going to go do this. Cause I need to like process some shit was a much more mature way of telling that story than we see in most other cartoons. True. And like, even before this point, we've seen multiple times where Finn is, it's very important to him to like do things his own way, even if it takes him a little bit longer or maybe isn't the best way to go about it. Mm Because like, that's just an important thing to him. So seeing him express that in a lot more mature way, especially after having gone through a really nasty breakup, like even even if it was entirely his fault. Oh god! So, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that she didn't for like even if it took a couple episodes, forgive him at the end of this, or like forgive him. I mean, she did, but not in a like everything's okay now. Like, like no, fuck you. We're friends, but yeah, I guess we actually kind of glazed over the whole breakup episode. Did not mean to yeah. do that. Uh, got distracted <laughs> by the train. <laughs> But yeah, I guess that's another example of like those dream instances where those are really important and all of those little bits that are shown there become important. And it isn't until like this rewatch through the series that, I don't know, all of those dreams are starting to make sense and how they affect the story. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. No, it does. I'm just trying to think of something intelligent I can add to it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> my main thought on this one beyond just fuck Jake is the amount of like, this is the dumbest thing, but also like the p- version of me that remembers puberty can kind of understand your reasoning here of, well, watching her fight gives me sexy dreams. So better have some fights. That was kind of the thing that blew me away about that episode. I was like, fuck Jake. But I was like, dude, really dude? Or not fuck Jake, fuck Finn. But like, <laughs> dude, like you're doing this because you're like getting off on it. <laughs> like, this is kind of fucked up. This is a kid yeah. show. I would not no. have recognized that this is just representation of Finn was horny. They make so many sex jokes in this series. Like, oh, yeah, oh my God. It's true. Like, yeah, no, it's everywhere. Well, like I said, a they got of, mixed earlier in the season, so. <laughs> still, you know. I mean, most of Lady Rainicorn's dialogue is just her exposing how freaky they are. And it's like, what? <laughs> I've never looked up Rainicorn's dialogue. That's um, interesting. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of moments where it's like, especially when, um, I don't remember, geez, which episode is it where she's explaining something and then. Uh, Jake blush, blushes and he's like it wouldn't translate well and it's because it was something like very 
sexual innuendo. That makes the fact that they don't, they still use Korean when they tra- uh, translated this to Korea. They just made her voice super modulated. So it's like impossible to understand so much riskier. <laughs> I mean, not, I was also going to bring up the fact that like with as much weird shit and fantastical shit as they show in the show, they also get away with drawing a lot of genitalia. <laughs> Mm-hmm. In the classic Disney fashion. There are a lot of characters and a lot of background elements that are basically just walking dicks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. Especially with the amount that is candy, you can be like, see, no, it's just like a lollipop. <laughs> and I I think that's almost why Ice King disturbs me so much, though, because in a show where they're, they get away with so much by hiding it behind like childish shit. Mm-hmm. He's basically a serial killer. Oh yeah. He like he's coded as a serial killer. Serial kidnapper. Best case. Like, yeah, he is. It, hmm. And that's why where I'm like, he's sympathetic, but like, so was Henry. So, I mean, we talked about it last season. The fact about Ice King himself, the like literally the most redeeming thing was the t- fact that he turned out not to be a pedophile. And when she was mm-hmm. day 13, he's like, well, that was fun. I'm out. Um, <laughs> the, and that's why like Ice King heavy episodes drive me nuts. Simon heavy episodes I find really interesting because Simon is not a serial killer. Simon is just like a dude trying to get through. And it's so <laughs> sad to watch him get turned into... Bugs Bunny on steroids. (laughs) And so I just really like that, like, dichotomy and learning more about that. Mm -hmm. Oh, but uh, the episode right before the big breakup, uh, it it was so surprisingly touching. Yeah, when PB gave up the shirt because of how much Hambo meant to Marcy, and that almost made me cry. Yeah, that's the... uh, Now I understand why Tumblr was so determined those two were going to be a gay couple. Yep. Oh, man. Well, because if you're someone like me who did not watch this going along, I was like, oh, yeah. PB, she's the romantic interest for Finn. That makes sense. And then how quickly they abandoned. Well, no, it took them forever to abandon it. But when they did abandon it, they abandoned it real fast. It took forever for Finn to abandon it. That's true. (laughs) Sorry, when I say they, I mean the show, not... Uh, the characters, the in character the show. themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was important to the character, so that's why it remained in the story. Well, and there are a few things more relatable in this world than having a crush that does not feel it back. Mm-hmm. For the unattainable mm-hmm. older cool girl. Yeah. God damn, I was in love with so many of them. <laughs> so many of them. And uh, at the end of, I guess, this season, just to kind of get through this because. Wow, just I don't really re- want to real fast, real fast. I'm sorry. I'm looking up at I'm looking at these episodes in Adventure Time and on the, the, the description of uh uh the one where they break up, they say Finn has an interesting dream and the it links to nocturnal emissions. I mean, yeah, so that's Wikipedia, that dream is, so Wikipedia is directly being like, you know how the, he's coming his pants. It, did you not catch that? <laughs> that's really funny. I'm sorry, go on with your thing. I just got really distracted right there. <laughs> We get a few more, like, kind of plot-centric episodes and just, like, neat character explorations throughout the end of season five. And, like, uh, James, even though James, the character, is, like, weird, 
but you know, it was still a fun episode. And having really enjoyed like uh, the Brack show, it's nice to see that voice voice actor come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, we get the introduction of the King of Ooh in Apple Wedding with Tree Trunks and Mr. Pig getting married. Um, we get King of Ooh really uh, is the worst. <laughs> Sorry, so I know we've covered it. We don't have to go back into it. But I just. <laughs> I mean, we will get more into it later. It's true. But, uh, Ooh, Blade of Grass. Then we get, yeah, Blade of Grass, which is where Finn gains the grass sword it's and that so eternal cool. curse, which it's so, I love how they expand upon like that eternal curse and how that's forever linked to him and how they interpret that. I love it. And then we get more Simon backstory with Steady. Uh, I mean, I guess. We get rattle balls first, where Finn actually learns how to fight properly for once, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Voiced by Rain Wilson. Yeah. Oh, that's where. Um, I slept through rattle balls. Princess. I'm looking at this. I do not remember this. You should rewatch rattle balls. Apparently, yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, and then uh, we see Flame Princess rise to the flame throne. Don John voiced by Roddy Piper Jesus Christ I didn't realize that Don John was being voiced by Rowdy Roddy I swear I'm not going to talk about every guest star But the guest stars they get in the show Is just incredible Right? I love the amount of Like just fun voice talent that they get For random fit characters Oh that's wonderful Um, And then we have uh, The backstory on Betty Then we get that really sad episode with LFP in bad timing. I will put up with how much I dislike LSP for how wonderfully told that episode is. Right. And especially uh, seeing Johnny on the in the outside universe or whatever it is at the end. Okay, so we are straight yeah. up in a period that I apparently slept through some wildly important stuff because I am missing rattle balls through Lemon Hopes, the next one that I remember reading these oh, no. um, so um i mean please feel free to talk about them but if i go real silent that's might be going this sounds fucking sick yeah no rattle balls is definitely like it's where i don't know my interest in that season got re-grabbed i guess it did sort yeah, of lag very, a little bit for a minute there yeah and uh lemon hope was a really fun uh exploration <laughs> of i don't know how they coded that story. You know what? I'm going to take it back. There's someone I hate more than Magic Man, and it's fucking Lemon Grab. <laughs> Both <laughs> versions. I fucking hate Lemon Grab so... And Lemon Hope's a little better. He still annoys me, but... Uh, He's still a lemon. Yeah. There's, there's times where evil Lemon Grab... Um, Definitely throws off some Baron Harkonnen vibes. Oh, God, yeah. That one, those <laughs> ones I caught, where I'm like, oh, God, you're... If you floated, I would just have to leave. <laughs> like, I would just be done. I was, like, crossing um, my fingers for a good, like, float around the room. I did make my wife and roommate mad at me a couple of times where they would say something that I disagreed with, and I would scream unacceptable <laughs> by lemon grab and then feel like I needed to apologize to the whole room. Uh, <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, Justin Roiland, your voice. Oh so God, I'm just thinking about it. 
But yeah, I, I mean, I, that said, I get where Lemon Hope is like, no, I don't, I don't want to have to like save my country and do all of these. Th- I didn't ask for any of this bullshit. Mm-hmm. And uh, with another kind of like layer to that story, like they definitely wrote it as like, I don't know, just an exploration. I mean, from my read on this story, like how it's kind of a stand in for like relations between like North Korea and people who have left or like been allowed to like escape. Mm-hmm. And just that context of that story and how they handle that. I know they have a lot of people from, uh, I think South Korea who I guess were North defectors. Oof. And yeah, so it's neat to see, I don't know, just, those inclusions of those stories, even if they're like coded in such a way that it's removed from the original source, but it's neat to see those episodes again with that context in mind. Uh, and then that leads us to Billy's bucket list. Yeah. Billy's bucket list. That was pretty great. Uh, anything with Billy I'm down with, which I understand now. (laughs) Billy! Uh, um, and yeah, then that would oh, be. Oh, here's where we get the Lion King. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except it's Billy. That's right. Oh, Billy God. and the Stars. I love how he just like leaves and then comes back and is like, "Oh yeah, your your dad's alive." Forgot to mention this. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, what was it? <laughs> Leading into Adventure Six, where he breaks into—I don't remember what the thing is called—the Citadel. The Citadel to help rescue his dad. And to be honest, I was disappointed by these episodes. Really? I don't think they're bad. I just don't know. I—I I expected. I don't know what I was expecting that I didn't get in these episodes. I don't think they're bad episodes by any means, but I think they're a weaker season starter than several other ones we've got. Mm-hmm. But it does set up some of my favorite things that have happened. Like, I know you guys hate Martin. I enjoy Martin. Wait. I don't enjoy Martin. I, I <laughs> Like, hold, hold on, hold on. He's still a good character. I like, enjoy even Martin episodes. That's what I'm trying to say. There's No, he's the fucking worst. He is Boyle's dad from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I can't get over that. But <laughs> he was also in Book of Boba Fett. If it's who I think it is. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As the water yeah. seller guy? Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's Stephen Wright. He's a garbage human. Not, I'm sure the actor's great, but like most characters he plays is a garbage human. And then at the end of Escape from Citadel, that's when we finally get Sweet Pea. Okay. Right. With the really like, it's like a, a two second throwaway joke, but <laughs> like. Uh, tree trunk starting to say what sounds like it was supposed to be like, Mr. Pig, I think we I want to get, get a, a divorce. divorce. <laughs> and then yeah. like changing the mind completely because a baby gets involved. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> like, oh man, I love that they go back and explore that because apparently, like, it's, it's not the first time she's done that. Like, <laughs> oh, tree trunks is messy and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I can't wait for us to watch that episode. <laughs> God damn. So I can't decide if I like but, Sweet Pea or not. Like, he's kind of annoying. I love Sweet Pea. <laughs> you're, you're a Sweet Pea fan? I'm a Sweet Pea fan. I like Sweet Pea. 
I eat, I know what happens, but even before I knew what happens, I love sweet pea. Now I want to know what happens. I know. Now I want to know. I'm like, okay, but now Go on, but don't. Um. <laughs> um, anyway, I guess moving into season six, we get to see the return of James. Mm. That was fun. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, shit. That's right. Okay. James, too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's neat to see them, like, I guess that episode would be that first instance of where they're like, hey, we have to make you remember that thing that we planted, (laughs) even though it's not necessarily important to the story, just because you're going to need to start paying more attention to that. Mm -hmm. And I guess the first couple of these episodes kind of introduce concepts that you're going to need to start noticing going on. I, I'm sorry, real fast. I do love that James's entire thing was more medals. So she's like, just leave forever and I'll give you more medals. And he's like, yeah. Anyways, things that we have to. Like there are important uh, concepts like reincarnation, um, like repetition and just the movement of time. So those concepts keep coming back up throughout the rest of season six moving forward and they start really like honing in on like hey pay attention to patterns and pay attention to things that are going on even though it's still like a crazy fun show uh i love the trippiness of food chain mm-hmm. food and that one great. also features a a guest animator uh masaki yusa mm. or I'm, I'm probably butchering this name because i'm Terrible at pronouncing things. Oh, really animated Devilman Crybaby. I watched a bit of that. Oh, okay. damn. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. That's cool. And that one, like, even the rest of, like, the like the song that they sing ends up coming back up in other episodes. Like, not a whole bunch, but just in, like, little bits. Mm. And so, it's neat. That brings us to the prince who wanted anything, which was the another lumpy <laughs> space princess, but was both lumpy space princess and a Fiona and Cake episode, so it uh, led to conflicting feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get the introduction of lumpy space. Well, I guess more info on lumpy space prince, but whatever. Um, oh man, so I really loved the episode. Like, thanks for the crab apples, Giuseppe. That's the one where they go on like the big. Road trip, like the wizard road trip. Oh, oh right. Yeah, no, I really liked that one too. That was a fun episode. Like, I love it when they do little weird side character centric episodes like that. And I totally didn't realize that. Um, oh shit, what's his name? Uh, Clarence from the Night Gospel. He was the guy who did my favorite episode of Drunk History on. Tesla. James Urbaniak? No, I'm thinking of someone else. Sorry. No, but James Urbaniak was uh, uh, the Rat King. Mm-hmm. And then Mark Evan Jackson. Was, geez, there's some good actors in the season who are like names you have to be a weirdo to know, but are fucking great when you do. Duncan Trussell. Uh, that's who I'm trying to think of. Uh, like, I didn't realize that uh, the potion wizard guy is uh, Duncan Trussell. Mm. Yeah, Ron James, I think. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. quickly, Googling Duncan Trussell, because I totally know who we're talking... Oh, I do know who we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he did my favorite episode of Drunk History on Nikola Tesla. And he got super wasted on uh, absence. Oh, he threw up pineapple. Oh. That's oh, everything about that is terrible, but that is going to make a great episode of Drunk History. It was so good. But anyway, back to Adventure Time. Uh, uh, Wumpy Space Princess gets a kind of growth episode with uh, Princess Day. Oh yeah, and yeah, I mean it doesn't really for, it doesn't forgive her behavior, but it does give us some. Uh, oh, part of the reason why she's so mad is she is just a fucking joke of a princess to the others. Yeah, I mean nobody takes Wumpy Space seriously, and she also lives. In a box in the woods. Uh, <laughs> like, it's sad no one takes her seriously, but also, you can't really take her that seriously. You chose to live in a box in the woods. Because <laughs> you don't want to live in your parents' house. Uh, I actually really dug Jake the Brick. That was a great episode. I love that episode. Oh, well, we can't forget Joshua and Margaret Investigations. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm uh, Wikipedia up and down real fast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that one was so good. That I mean, that's classic, like, detective pulp stuff, too. So that's... Mm-hmm. Which someone, is another, like, you know, callback to classic tropes and, like, movies, nods that they do. And I just love their return to, like, classic noir and mystery. As someone who's been reading a bunch of, like, The Shadow lately, yeah, I was super into this one. <laughs> and then yeah we get that uh episode that is basically futurama of everything's jake and that one's super fun but yeah jake the brick was a super good one just because that fun narrative that was really nice to just listen to and i love how they take those longer kind of just breaks mm-hmm. for like the entire episode to just tell a story that isn't related to anything just as kind of like a palate cleanser mm-hmm. where they explore a random little side character or a weird interest of somebody we already know and it kind of helps expand and you know give dimension to the world of who it's kind of one of those like there is a lot high prose concept episodes yeah like that one episode where uh jake's tale goes to the circus and is the like weird art clown. Oh, that like, was I dope. still don't get that episode. I don't know how to deal with that episode. I dug that episode. I was about that episode. <laughs> uh, real quick, I mean, it's not a huge episode to talk about, but if we're going to talk about great guest stars, getting Lucy Lawless in on the dentist episode. <laughs> uh, putting fucking Xena Warrior Princess in like his weird underground battle thing going on there <laughs> with fucking Tiffany who I had forgotten about right Tiffany is such a weird character and they never explain where he fucking comes from or like he was there of, and he's so angry wasn't he part of Jake's old team when Jake was a thief yeah and he like has a vendetta against Finn but like besides when he shows up to like be mad Finn for taking Jake away. That's it. <laughs> Fair. 
Um, oh god, I'm just at this point looking through episodes, but uh, Pajama War and the Stupidity of the Candy Kingdom is amazing. <laughs> oh man, I loved the backstory on the fucking crown in Evergreen. Like Evergreen when was that a episode trip. came out. That's one of the best oh episodes of the series, I think. And I don't know if it would be if I didn't have the rest of the series like if I just watched that one alone without everything else going on, I would have been like, this was fine. This was good. But with all of the history <laughs> building up, you're like, holy fuck. Well, and Evergreen, like, this is another like back-to-back punch because Evergreen Astral Plane back-to-back is yeah, like mm-hmm. some big time. Uh, like, I, I think, I remember when those episodes came out, I, I want to say it was on... Yeah, it was a few days apart. So, like, you had uh, Pajama War and Evergreen, and then Astral Plane and Gold Stars. God, Pajama War is so... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm back. Um, we actually skipped over real <laughs> fast uh, The Cooler, which is oh, yeah. Flame Princess and Princess Bubblegum being forced to work together, which I appreciated because it was the first time we really see Princess Bubblegum called out for how, like shitty and manipulative she can be even if she's doing it for quote unquote good causes I mean she gives the reason of like she needs to protect her people but like at no point does she give any concern for the flame kingdom just because she sees them as a threat yeah there's so, like, some there's some imperialism going down there um it, it's very obvious that bubblegum is a benevolent dictator and mm-hmm. like dictators you know do their thing which is why, and I mean, this will be kind of for next episode, I'm excited that she's not currently in charge of the Candy Kingdom. And I don't know mm-hmm. if that's going to be an ongoing thing or if that's, well, I'll find out when I start watching the next episodes. But I'm really hoping not because it'd be good growth for her. Mm. <laughs> oh, in uh, Pajama War, I did enjoy her just getting to be buds with Finn. It was nice to see them being friends after all they've gone through. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and I've been where Finn was, where he kind of had to stop being friends with her for a little while because he needed to get over his feelings and couldn't separate those two things. But it's a real nice and feeling. And he finally stopped, like, overcompensating for, like, Flame Princess as well, which also was impacting his relationship with Princess Bubblegum. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was nice to finally see them again without all of that. And bubblegum trying to not be so crazy <laughs> and then at the same time we just get to watch the entire candy kingdom be Nuts. just the worst and jake just like <laughs> letting jake is possibly the most chaotic neutral hero in the history of heroes like yeah whatever man go do it yeah looks he... like fun <laughs> he's not like you know people i've seen people argue that like deadpool is chaotic neutral but deadpool leans a little more towards the, like, dips into chaotic evil a little more. Jake is just straight through. He's like, I need to take care of the people around me, and you have fun, and let's see what happens with this. (laughs) Nachos. Mm -hmm. Um, If we're following along on the episodes here, uh, after Astro Projecting, which is wild. I love that one. Is that the first time that we hear about the comment coming up? Um, like we've seen instances of the comet before, but this is where they really start honing in on like, hey, the comet is coming. This is happening. Pay attention. Yes. Like, again, like, even though we just got it in the one before, like with Evergreen, that was kind of our big clue into it. Even though um, when we 
saw the backstory with Shoko, um, if you'll remember, Finn's first incarnation was the comet. And mm-hmm. then he was a butterfly. So, mm-hmm. like, this has all happened before. And it's now happening again. Well, and the comet also appeared in the way, way back when. Like, it's in theory, I think Finn's comet is supposed to be the one that we see in uh, Evergreen. Mm-hmm. And it actually goes all the way back to uh, Jake's, what is it? It's not Death Dream. That's not what they call it. The Croak Dream. The Croak Dream. Yeah. Which I did not expect to see come up again the way it did. <laughs> Did you guys see the first instance of Orgalord when he appeared? Is that an astral plane? No, in stars, actually. I didn't note it at the time, but when Orgalord appeared later, I was like, oh, that looks familiar. I know I saw that before, but I did, now I, I, I couldn't have told you from where. Well, that explains why I found that kind of vision. Okay. Yeah. This was a really interesting episode of just, I mean, again... Fuck the King of Ooh. Oh, he's so terrible. Well, you've been kind of charming terrible before, but in this one, he is just straight up uh, Fagin the Jew from Oliver Twist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With his dog, Toronto. (laughs) Voiced by Paul Shear, and I was just like, Paul, you can't do any voice other than your own, can you? Nope, he's got the one. Um, Like, uh, in The Visitor, uh, there's so many little clues that we'll get to see in the next um, couple of seasons that again, like directly allude to what we're going to see in that final season. Mm. Ah, there's so many seeds that they plant, especially in season six, especially like this one is where they're starting to really gear up for that end game. And there's just going to be a lot of threads that we're picking up along the way that we have to start paying more and more attention to. Mm-hmm. This episode actually kind of sums up why I like Martin, even when I don't like Martin, because there mm-hmm. is a very, I mean, beyond just the obvious Gulliver's Travels parallels that are happening here, there is a very Flash Gordon or Star Lord or whatever space rogue scoundrel Han Solo He's character. Vagabond. Yeah. Uh, he he taps into a, a very long-running character trope that I am a huge fan of, to be honest of, but kind of shows how those characters age poorly because they just become garbage humans. I mean, Martin... If they don't Martin get the girl. Him, uh, Martin says it himself. Like, uh, I don't remember if it's this season It's his later, last but, appearance uh, in this one where he's like, uh, you burn enough bridges, the only way to go is forward. Yeah, that one. And I was like, oh, man. You suck so bad, but I can see how you would have been like a cool swashbuckler when you were 20. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's okay. We'll get there. Can't wait for we'll seasons seven through nine. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up. I'm starting launching them soon. Probably tomorrow. Oh, God. More lemon grab. Let's just go past that one real fast. Unless you guys have something on it. That one was good. I don't know, because that one also, like, is important just for Finn as well to go through like that exploration of like deep inner self mm-hmm. at that moment too. And it's nice to see, even, even if lemon grab is weird constantly, it's nice to see that he's finally synthesized into the least possible, <laughs> the least terrible, terrible lemon, lemon grab. grab. 
Well, the lemon grab story, and we haven't really discussed it, but the lemon grab story gets real disturbing when he morphs into two lemon grabs and then one grows evil and fat and, I mean, we discussed that with Byron Harkonnen, but eats the first lemon grab who occasionally breaks, like, mm, just the whole thing makes me wildly uncomfortable. <laughs> like, he just kept creating for, like, just to create, to have others around him because nobody understands him because Bubblegum was just like, here, I've also created you, so now here you go. And he's just insane. Absolutely insane. But that's just how his lemon heart is. It's... And I don't know. They finally got it figured out. And it's all grief. Um, in Dark Purple, with the Super Porp. Yeah. Going into that, did anyone else get the Slurm episode of Futurama? Vibes where yeah. they have to break into the Willy Wonka yes. slurm factory. Speaking of slurm, we're not going to go there. You'll know what I mean when I say that when you get to it. Sorry. I know you're just looking at me so confused right now, but... I don't know what's happening and I'm not Slurm, about it. I know. But slurm is going to just continue being a thing in your life here for a little bit. Don't worry about it. I don't, so don't worry you. about it, man. Okay. But no, yes, I got the slurm bit. <laughs> It was very slurmy. <laughs> I'm confused and scared to be in this room with you right now. <laughs> You'll know when you know. Okay. Um, and then, oh man, then with our final Grables episode, uh, we get more of those final seeds, like way more than I had even realized uh, at the time. Like we get like direct references to um, kind of how the end of the like this world ends up I guess through this story even though it seems like weird throwaway episodes they become more important over time and I kind of felt like the same way with On the Lamb like when that episode aired and it wasn't until uh, we get through there's going to be a mini series called uh, Island that we'll be watching soon Mm -hmm. so you'll kind of realize the significance of that episode of On the Lamb Okay. Because, like, when you watch this at the time, it's just like, oh, it's Martin being, you know, a weird swashbuckler and, like, helping this weird little bear out. <laughs> I did like, I, I like that episode. I like Martin, too. Mm-hmm. Martin, too, is great. <laughs> but right before that, I mean, Orgalorg was so cool. I love that episode so much. Oh, man, when when uh, the Cosmic Owl falls in love with Gunter. Right, <laughs> and then fucks everything up. Oh my god! Like again, with like the whole dream significance and how those uh, the things that happen in those dreams, how they come to pass, mm-hmm. and like that episode shows, you know, kind of in a more literal sense of like, yeah, the things that we show in these dreams, they're all funky and wet, but they they still affect reality, especially when the cosmic owl is there. Right. And we see how easy it was for Orgelard to manipulate the cosmic owl. Well, turning the, you know, uh, harbinger of cosmic importance into just a random dude with a day job. <laughs> like, and it's still, he's still both of those things is just. Mm. 
just such a good choice. I don't think you were put in charge of prophetic dreams to me, ladies, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Just the wildness that this season ended on was just so much fun, and the escape of Orgolorg and running mm-hmm. into cosmic Tignataro and that was Tignataro. Okay. So that yeah. I was, <laughs> that puts another Star Trek actor that they've gotten on this show. Then, I mean, mm. she did it afterwards, but Tignataro's in discovery. Mm-hmm. She's so good mm-hmm. in discovery. Uh, yeah, that whole thing, it's not Dune, but it had some of the Dune trippiness that I got out of it. And it's really mm-hmm. just that era of sci-fi when people discovered acid and science fiction at the same time. And like, we saw what came <laughs> out of it. It was a good time. For oh you. God. There was, it made some weird stuff, man, but some of it is so good. Um, I don't know. Overall, like, man, I dug this season, but I'm having a hard time saying much about it because it kind of, there's, the, just there's so a much lot that happens that, that you have to talk about all of it. Right. And it's, I feel like a lot of it is either it explains itself or it hasn't been paid off yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of like we haven't really discussed Betty and I'm seeing she popped up here and like the Betty and Magic Man episode is just so good. You forgot your floaties. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like it kind of feels like a middle step into what's happening oh, it's later. Like that's one of the beginning steps. Yeah. Like, okay. Fair of enough. That, that plot point. And that's one of the plot points I'm most looking to forward see. to going forward, though. Like, oh man, <laughs> it, that one doesn't pay off for a while, but the that's it fine. is a good one. It'll pay off within a month for me, so you know I'm doing pretty good on the scale <laughs> of stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like it's not like you were watching these at the time and had to wait. Uh, so in between, just to like give you an example, we had to wait from March 17th till April April 21st in between Billy's bucket list and wake up and escape from the Citadel. Mm. So that was like a couple weeks of being like, Oh my God. ah!" And then in between um, the ones that we just watched, like hot diggity doom and the comet and uh, Bonnie and Nettie, we were waiting from June until November. Mm. And from like season seven onward is when we start getting a whole bunch of the, kind of the bomb style like episode block mm-hmm. kind of like we did with steven universe where they're like we're um, just gonna drop six at a time and then you'll get it back eventually yeah yep okay like it wasn't quite as long in between episode blocks like it was for uh steven universe like it was still like you know a month maybe a month or two in between a couple of them but from then on it was just like the episode blocks and you had to wait and you're like oh my god what the fuck is gonna happen <laughs> so that's why people like had those months and like at time and hours to speculate and create their series and it got so detailed so involved so many like shipping wars like holy shit you can't really do it anymore with the rise of streaming over dvds but it was a fun thing with dvds of if you had to watch the show as it came out live and you had to deal with the fucking cliffhangers that made you so mad of like, I would load mm-hmm. people the DVDs knowing it ended on a huge cliffhanger and they'd come back to me being like, gosh, I need to know what happens next. And I'm like, I'm just going to kind of slow roll the next one out to you. So you get a basic understanding of what I went through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, any other episodes you guys want to mention? I just wanted to mention that like, 
like I said, with the way that this season ends off, this show completely has my attention for uh-huh. what's coming next. And they could go almost anywhere with it, which is a lot of fun. We get a lot of, uh, I don't know, just really nice, fun character explorations. And that's going to be neat to see going forward. Uh, I mean, we've already gotten a whole bunch of that because I'll just pick an episode from this season and that's basically an example of it. Like uh, Ghostfly, which is an episode we haven't really talked about. Which one's uh, that one? That's the one. That's the one where Jake is making the soup and a fly uh, drinks some and then he kills it and then they get haunted for the rest of the episode and then Jake dies. I think I slept through that. I apparently slept through way more of the show than I thought I did. Like, it's very easy to forget some of these episodes with, like, the ones that are more plot heavy. That's true. Just because they are just kind of those, they're not necessarily filler, but, like, I don't know. But, you know, they're not the lich attacking. Yeah, like. Yeah. It's not like it's evergreen or it's not like it's uh, fucking poots or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I have one last thought about the final episode. And it's, mm-hmm. Yui, you're not going to get this, I'm sorry, because you don't watch Doctor Who. But uh, his speech on when she's like, do you want to, or I shouldn't say she, when, when Tig Notaro is like, do you want to move onward to the next plane um and he's like no i put a lot of work into this physical plane i kind of want to see what happens next feels so Mm -hmm. the doctor in doctor who Mm -hmm. to me especially uh uh 11th hour when matt smith first appears oh yeah like is this your plan he's like no but i put a lot of work into it while like doing his own thing uh i I just associated those two really strongly like oh man finn's becoming that level of hero that's Awesome. Yeah, he just overall feels so much more mature than mm-hmm. than when we started. Mm-hmm. I well, and my complaint of uh, the first season that I had was that I found it a little shrieky. He's not mm-hmm. screamy kid anymore. He'll still scream, but like the amount is just. No, they just leave that for lemon grab. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, he's gone through a lot at this point he's gone through a breakup he's had to recover from that he lost his arm he then had to get an arm again and yeah, we skipped through, over that like, whole make... mess where he has oh the psychic like... arm was really cool too oh god and then his like hmm let me make out with everybody after like well <laughs> uh rage finding my father to rip off his arm didn't work let's make out with every princess and ooh uh, dang, that didn't work either. Other How things do I that get I have better? definitely done of like, well, I'm sad after a breakup, time to be a whore for a while. Yeah. Except it's Finn, so he yeah. does not understand what makeouts are. <laughs> <laughs> Make out with me, Finn. God, Wolf. fucking, oh, lumpy space princess, I hate you so much. <laughs> You're number three on my hate list, but like. She was kind of sweet at the end of Be Sweet. When she actually remembered mm-hmm. all the details, even though it seemed like she wasn't paying any attention when she was when she to finally him. did the one thing she was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That was actually kind of adorable. No, she's like, grown a lot, oddly, because she is yeah. significantly worse off than she was before in a lot of ways. But I do think it was also partially just because I thought that sweet pea falling asleep was just adorable. So 
Especially if you can put them asleep so easily. Definitely don't blame them for not letting her live with them permanently, which is what it was like any other show that would have been like the very special episode. Mm -hmm. Like she's learning and grows up and they were like, just no, get the fuck out of our house. Look what she did. Go live with the raccoon again, please. I don't think I have much more for these. Yeah, me either. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, we could talk we forever. We really don't but... see, because <laughs> yeah, we won't see the the final weaving of all of these threads that we've just started until much later. Like, we will go through all of the next episode and still not see the end of some of the things that we just started like learning about. Awesome. Yeah. So, like, that's how long they spend with these plot points and these stories to explore. Like, not only, like, certain concepts around, like, how individual characters would handle them, like, while also still remaining a fun, goofy kids show. Like, the weird depths that they get to, like, on, like, emotional elements, like, especially in, um, like, that episode, uh, like, Be More, that one. I love that one. Anything that has to do with Demo and Mo, <laughs> like, oh, oh, there's going to be another one soon and I'm going to cry again. <laughs> I still remember the time I came home and you were just sobbing and I'm like, oh no, what happened? You're like, Adventure Time's that final episode. That was the finale, episode, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, that was the finale that I was watching and yeah, I, I can't know. wait to subject you guys to that with all of the context. Mm, so uh, good so I know uh, we will still do our recommendations but since we are looking forward to the future what are we covering for next time uh, so next seven, time eight, we will be covering yep, 7 through 9 7 through 9 Okay. and then our final episode is going to be yeah. so easy because it's like 20 episodes it's one season <laughs> but you, you guys will see but... why I planned it this way. Okay. No, I'm already getting the idea of why, but like, it's one of those. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I can do that in a couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, like this, this one was the heavy lifting episode of we had a lot to get through, which is why we kind of rushed through a lot of it. And I we didn't still really cover a whole bunch. And we're still in the over two hour mark for this episode. So like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, any recommendations before we go? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, going to recommend something that I also started watching between last time and now. Uh-huh. And, you know, the most classic move for this recommendations on this podcast. And what I'm probably going to be watching uh, with my girlfriend tonight. Is it Peacemaker? Uh, no, I'm going to recommend Righteous Gemstones, also on HBO Max. Oh, that's the one with... Um... John Goodman mm-hmm. and Danny McBride. And it's a family of just so i would it's a it's like family it's a yeah it's a family crime dramedy about (laughs) a family of just terrible people televangelists well i mean same thing and it's somehow really amazing even though you don't necessarily root for any of the characters it's more like you don't want to see them succeed. You just want to see what happens next. Mm. I've got a few shows like that. I understand what you're saying. But, and plus anything, I mean, anything John Goodman is just amazing. But like, yeah. He's like the patriarch. He's the one that started it all off. Um, 
his wife was probably the only actual halfway decent person in the family. She's dead now. Danny McBride is the oldest son, kind of the one set to inherit the empire. At this point, it's it's like an empire. They're like mega church yeah, fucking millionaires. Joel Osteen or fucking Liberty Universe, whatever. Anyways. Mm-hmm. And uh, it starts off and the, the action all gets started in the series because Danny McBride is getting blackmailed because of a video existing of him at a party with some of his, uh, like his entourage in the church, uh, with uh, copious amounts of prostitutes and cocaine. That's what I would have guessed. Yeah, and <laughs> it's so good. Um, fuck, what's his name? Um, why am I fucking blanking it? I don't know. I haven't seen the show. Walton Goggins kind of rolls away with every scene he pops into. He plays like the uncle to to Danny McBride. Okay. And he's Uncle Baby Billy Freeman. I don't like that. Fucking Walton Goggins basically playing Billy Graham. And it is <laughs> I do like Billy Graham. <laughs> no, I don't, but okay. Um, yeah. All terrible people. Watch what happens to them next. Yet there's still like crazy, weird emotional moments when you start realizing just how broken they are as people and stuff too, because it is a dramedy. So Fair enough. Mm-hmm. You you got anything? Um, kind of going back to like what I've been ingesting, I definitely recommend uh, the Gemini Home Entertainment and the Back Room. Like they are super fun series. They're really engaging and easy to get through. Um, if you are into that type of thing. Nice. Um, mine is. Closer to you than it is to uh, Tyler's. It's kind of on the opposite spectrum of Tyler. It is a uh, tokukatsu show called Red Man. Tokukatsu is like Ultraman, what the Power Rangers show Mm -hmm. Soul from and all of these. This was a weird one because it was a... They made like 138, like five to seven minute episodes. And it's literally just this unknown Ultraman style hero named Red Man who murders Kaiju. Okay. You don't know his plot. You don't know anything. I think Ultraman later, like, dropped some hints of who it was. But it was a super low-budget filler, like, for a, a show where episodes were short or something like that. But the budget was so low that they would just take, like, one of the Kaiju costumes from uh, uh, Ultraman, mm-hmm. put it on the top of a van drive out into the woods, dress up as a kaiju and as this red man guy. And then because they didn't have money for special effects, instead of like beam weapons, he just beats them to death. (laughs) Yes. And they never explain why. And the reason I found this is they made a comic recently because tokukatsu stories are super big in comics right now of, uh, called, uh, red man kaiju killer that comes up with the story that everyone thinks that was a TV show that came out in the seventies but it's actually signals from an alien planet. Someone is sending us like pictures of this guy just popping up and stabbing Kaiju to death. And like, no one knows why. And it's like following between that with like little bits of the mystery of who's behind this broadcast. Okay. It's wild. You can find all of them on YouTube. And then there is, I've read the first volume, but not the second volume of the comic that I'm telling you about. It's just if you like goofy Ultraman fights, this is that, but with like punching. 
that all also weirdly reminds me that we should probably <laughs> definitely cover the Giver on this show at some point. God, all any version you want, my guy. I, I even have some of the comments. I mean, I'm thinking some Mark Hamill movie. Oh, boy. Okay, so you want the bad one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's for a different time. Yui, thank you for joining us, as always. Thank you so much for having me again. Thank you, Yui. Sure, I will talk to you later tonight, because we're that chat group. <laughs> talks like every hour of the day um in the meantime we're your generals of nerdery i'm zach i'm tyler and i'm yui dismissed hi everybody general tyler here if you like the show please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now also if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now or preferably over at apple Podcasts, we would super appreciate it as the whole world is around on algorithms and we want to be all up in them getting our voice out to more places uh, also, I mean, tell your friends. We always appreciate that. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, ask us questions, give us comments, email us generalnerderypod at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our website, www.generalnerdcast.com. Uh, while you're there, check out all of our back catalog or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network. Uh, go check out all of our sister shows. We're involved with most of them, so if you already like listening to us talk, it might be in your best interest. And if you want to check out everything from the network, head over to earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. We'd super appreciate it. Love you all. Have a good one.